The dictionary definition of fragility is the quality of being easily broken or damaged. Simultaneously, it can also refer to the quality of being delicate or vulnerable. Two polarities, one point of cohesion. Is there any better word to describe this world, to describe this species, as anything but fragile? One wrong move can be fatal in our existence here. Negligence of one's well-being can horrifically end the journey. But isn't the journey meant to end one day? If it wasn't, then time as we know it would cease to not only hold prevalence in our lives, but age wouldn't matter, growth wouldn't matter at all. Fragility and time go hand in hand much like push and pull does. In order to understand one, you need the other. It contributes towards the idea of resistance and how time ultimately wipes away temporary forms of it. However, some instances aren't nearly as temporary or as fragile as we would want them to be. This contributes to the idea of a fragile existence. These moments in time need to serve as an awakening that we mean everything and nothing simultaneously. In the grand scheme, the grand lineage of humanity, we best exemplify what fragility has come to mean. Our lives are more disposable than ever before, at the hands of the state, at the hands of each other, at our own hands as well. Some recognize their power due to an early awakening and others go through life simply not awakening from their slumber until eternity rings. Both paths can generate bliss, but only one can generate eternal bliss. Bliss that persists even after our bodies deteriorate. It is important to live with recognition that this life is fragile. We could die tomorrow, so live like that. Don't waste time because that is the only currency which is non-refundable. The time you invest only has one guarantee. It will never be replaced. And the fact that we have yet to collectively recognize that as a species is what has in part led us to the present turmoil. Welcome to the present turmoil. I hope that you're having a wonderful day, night, whenever you're listening to this. And I hope that at whatever point in your life that you're at, whether you are ending high school or starting college or even deeper in your life where you might be going through the quintessential midlife crisis, (laughs) I hope that whatever stage you are at, you are fully reveling in the present that you're fully encompassing what your mind and your body deserve. And what they deserve is this feeling of peace that isn't constituted or isn't derived from news from another human being or it's derived from an accomplishment, but rather it's derived from just your full recognition that you are the most potent in the now and that you can only live in the now and you can't live in the future, nor you can, nor can you live in the past. My name is Daniel. Uh, full name is Daniel Lika. I am the founder and CEO of Twenty Year Crisis, and 
20-year crisis is kind of in cohesion with the present turmoil. And I think that people thought that that was just a byline for this project. I think people thought that 20-year crisis, the present turmoil was the full project, but it was always meant to be spinoffs of each other. They were always meant to be in cohesion, like I said before. And what, what does that mean? Like, I use that word a lot. Cohesion is a word I use tremendously. <laughs> but essentially, 20-year crisis began the summer of 2019 when I had encountered a traumatic incident and afterwards I needed a healthy method to cope with the pain that I was feeling. And looking at my life at that time, I was a junior in college going to be a senior and I was going to be essentially entering a period in my life where everybody was going to ask me questions of what I was going to do with my life. And a lot of people presume that I have everything figured out but in that moment my issue was that I knew exactly what I wanted and I wasn't willing to compromise with the universe and allow myself to have any other options whatsoever my whole goal was pretty clear since my freshman year of college essentially when I entered college I was willing to compromise to the point where my major in school would be computer science because that was what everybody in my family had thought I was going to be. They saw that I was very invested into technology and I was invested into the little gadgets that had come out in the market and I was at my local Best Buy selling products to people and explaining it with the utmost brevity yet extent that was needed to sell products. And everybody thought that that was going to be my role. My role was just going to be, I'm going to innovate in the technology space, excuse me. But halfway through my high school tenure, because this was the plan since sixth grade, fifth, sixth grade, because I come from an African family, an Ethiopian family to be specific. And in the family, there's typically a couple of routes that you can go in, but all of them typically fall along the same lines of science. And there's obviously there's an amalgamation of people who are successful in whatever they do as Ethiopians. You can look at um, the huge examples like The Weeknd, for example, in music. You can look at Amine as well. You can look at a bunch of people in that regard, um, even Mariba to a smaller extent in music. But I feel that those examples weren't heavily prevalent when I was growing up because I feel like a lot of people... It's not that they delegitimized their lineage, but a lot of the time people knew that they had to keep it professional and if they were an inspiration to somebody and they related along those guidelines, then that that wasn't professional to bring into the workspace. So essentially, my plans since I was a young kid was to be in the technology space and to innovate. And it was to be in computer science because coding still is the present and if you want to speak hypothetically it will always be the present and the future because we're honestly just progressing as human beings and we're always going to be one step ahead even though our bodies say we're two steps behind but that's that's too abstract even for me to fully comprehend but with that being said halfway through my high school career I had this shift where I wanted to be in the arts and I wanted to just 
it wasn't me being in the arts just to, you know, create, to get all the recognition and the glamour that comes with being an artist. Um, Actually, on the contrary, I'm a very private person and I like to have my space when it comes to certain things. But it was really interesting to me because my decision to be an artist was in part fueled by the, (laughs) the, the album that I heard in sophomore year of high school, which was Because the Internet by Childish Gambino. And the reason why I like that is because in that album, he has a couple of lyrics that I really resonate with. And the one that I can think of immediately is, I could have stayed where I was and have a life you'd be proud of, but I'd rather chase things never thought of. And when I heard that, it made me feel empowered because this path that I was on was the path that I was supposed to be on, right? Like I wasn't supposed to question it. I wasn't supposed to heavily consider why I was doing it. It wasn't necessarily me doing it for me, but me to uphold this image of what people wanted me to be. And that's something that I heavily struggled with and still struggle with to an extent to this day. But it was one of those moments when I heard that lyric and that song, I would highly recommend everybody listen to it if you want a great example of someone who will always try to innovate and push forward and do things that people never think of. That's number 19 on Because the Internet, and it's called uh, Life the Biggest Troll, in brackets, it's Andrew Arwenheimer. And when I heard that song, I immediately felt this fuel because I was someone who was like a little bit tentative when it came to what I was making. I started making music when I was 12, 13, and the music was trash. Like, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to be completely honest. The music wasn't good. But that's what you need. Not everything is meant to be a Picasso painting off of the bat. Not everything is meant to be an Andy Warhol painting. Sometimes you need to have the little scribbles and you need to, you know, have a little etch-a-sketch moment to realize, okay, this is terrible, but the process of making this feels so good that I want to continue and I want to be better. I want to make myself better and I want to be the best that I can be in what I'm doing. And that was... A feeling that sadly didn't resonate with me in the technology sphere. I didn't want to code as much as I wanted to write, which is funny, right? Because you have to write code, but writing stories, writing poems, writing raps and writing all of these things that were very important to me. It was important because I was letting out a side of myself that I felt was withheld my whole life. Because if you want the specifics, I really didn't listen to music heavily until 2008 when I heard Lil Wayne. And 2009 was really the year that I decided to go back and just listen and listen and listen because I remember specifically hearing the song Forever with Drake, Lil Wayne, Kanye West, and Eminem. And that song was the song that made me feel like, okay, I want to rap because I like how um, these guys are putting words together and how they're making something out of nothing which is essentially what our existence is comprised of. (laughs) And so from an early age, I just had this desire to create. But coming back to this period in my life to where I was not necessarily lost in the traditional sense where people are saying you have no direction, I had a direction. And going into college, the direction was I want to finish college If possible, but if I blow up in my creative side of things, then I'm going to take that opportunity and never look back. 
I was essentially going to college just as a backup plan. And that sounds very privileged, and I'm sorry about that, but that was essentially the goal. But halfway through college, when nothing was going for me, I had this period of indecision. And when I was creating, I can heavily recall creating in the fall of 2017, the winter of 2017, 2018 as well. Um, I had created this musical project called Winter. And it was a part of a musical project called Seasons where I would drop EPs every season and it would collectively create this project of an album. So the album was called Seasons. And I remember a song on there called 20. And one of the lyrics I said was 20 with no idea. I didn't have an idea of what I was going to do. And I remember like the post chorus was saying um, 20 years to this day. Don't really know what I want to do, and that is not okay. Gotta live this dream, make up all this green. Gotta help the world, but I'm trapped and so unsure. And I think that a lot of people get this side of me mixed up, where sometimes it can look like I'm doing things out of beneficial or something that's going to benefit myself, something that's going to essentially help me, and by helping me, I'm helping somebody else. But in that moment, I needed that. I needed to help myself because from that same album, because the internet, going back to that, that same song, Life the Biggest Troll, um, uh, Donald Glover is um, recapping this night that he had with this girl. And he said, I want to solve the world. I think I need your help. And she said, how are you going to trust somebody when you don't trust yourself? And... Essentially, what I'm getting at is, as humans, it's important that we realize our own power and our own worth, and we quantify our worth for ourselves. Because we live in a world and we live in a time where things aren't necessarily being in our control, if that makes any sense. We control our own circumstances once we are put in them. But there are some instances where we can't control them whatsoever. And that ties into everything that has been happening since the start of time where you don't necessarily have a say with where you grow up. You don't have necessarily a say with who your parents are. The only thing that you have a say with is how you deal with the circumstances that you're given. And I'm privileged, blessed, fortunate to have situations that were greater than ideal. And I know that not everybody has that. But with that being said, from that moment that I made that musical project and from the moment actually I listened to Because the Internet, I knew that my role in this world was to help people. And it was to help people find themselves and find their own truth. Because I'm someone who believes that if you find your own truth, your truth can help society elevate itself. And it requires you to have an insane amount of selfishness at times but you shouldn't necessarily neglect the safety and the existence of others and so tying everything back to 20-year crisis the reason why I wanted to start 20-year crisis and it stems from this musical project that has yet to be released but 20-year crisis was just going to show people existing and I, I think we need that personally I think we need to tell people that existence in itself 
is the only thing that I that needs to be guaranteed for everybody. So that's the reason why, in my opinion, when we see people's rights to exist be infringed upon in the form of these traumatic incidences happening to men and women of color, black men, black women, when you see these traumatic instances happening, you tend to realize that the reason why it's horrific is because these people aren't given the chance to exist. And I'm thinking of a lyric right now from the song Back Back by Vince Staples, where he had said, the next Bill Gates could be on Section 8 or in the projects. So till they love my dark skin, I'm going all in. And it's true. You, The next innovator can be right next door to you. But we're not given a chance to find that. We're not given a chance to essentially reclaim our right to exist. Because once we step into the outside world out of the comfort of our home, we are immediately drenched with societal expectations of what we need to be. Whether that's right or wrong is entirely up to you to decide. But with 20-year crisis, I wanted to just capture people existing fully and that's the reason why the present turmoil exists because the present turmoil is we're not given the chance to exist fully and unapologetically like ourselves. If we were, then people wouldn't want to demean us, dehumanize us. They wouldn't want to take advantage of us in the way that they are. And so with that being said, 20-year crisis is documenting existence. And I want to document existence for my whole life. That's the reason why 20-year crisis is the building block for what I want to do. And regarding the present turmoil, I just want to have a dialogue where I present this ideology that I have uncovered from just studying humans my whole life because I've been fortunate to be the person who steps in the room and no one notices and I just study characters. I study how people handle other people. I study how interactions can sometimes go south and I study how humans tend to act and how humans really just aspire for power. But the problem is is that we don't know what real power is. We only know what power has been taught to us. And I feel like if we were given a blueprint to find our own meaning of the word power, then we would be put in a better position to succeed. And so with that being said, that's how the present turmoil has come to exist. The point of this is to analyze aspects of our species. And with this information, I want you to do whatever you want to do with it. You can have the greatest amount of inaction towards everything, but simultaneously you can take this information and pass it along it's not up for me to decide what you use with this information it's just up to me to convey this information at times direct at times indirectly that's the beauty of art i don't have to tell you why i'm doing what i'm doing but if it gets misinterpreted then so be it too this is just my truth this is just how i look at things and i appreciate people for considering it up to this point but That's essentially a breakdown of 20-year crisis and the present turmoil. And yeah, I think that that's a good place to start as we transition into what the present turmoil will look like. So this is the first capsule. The first capsule will have five installments. And 
within these five installments, I'm going to list an amalgamation of things that I've analyzed, and I'm going to essentially break down why I believe it to be, and you can find truth in it, you can find no truth in it, but in my opinion, there's truth in everything. So with this first installment, I think that it's important to touch on fragility and time in general, because that's something that I've been considering for the past three months, three to four months. I've been reading a good amount and I've been listening and consuming art that has reflected this fragility in our existence. And going back to Gambino for a little bit, his album uh, 31520 is really just an analysis on humanity. And it's an analysis on our species and how flawed we are at it, at our core. But it doesn't matter how flawed we are because we still exist and we're still fighting for something that might not necessarily come into fruition ever. And what does that mean exactly? Well, what that means is as humans, we're always trying to find a way to live, to survive, and to heighten our chances of immortality but we know we're gonna die we know that that's the curse of humanity if you want to presume it a curse we know that this this journey is going to end like i previously said but it's interesting that we continue to fight for something all the time and what we fight for is this right to exist and the reason why we fight for this right to exist is because a lot of people don't understand how fragile this existence is when people see instances where somebody that's 21 or someone that's 18 or 16 dying, the first thing you see a lot of people say is that's wasted potential, but they say it in a nicer way. But that's essentially what they're saying is that we don't know where that person would have gone. And that's the thing, right, is that we don't know if the person that dies in question is going to go in a good or bad path, speaking subjectively. But we want people to have that right to continue forward. A lot of people don't see the bigger picture. So if someone has done bad in their past and they die, then everybody says good riddance. But you never know the redemption arc. You don't know if there's going to be a moment in time where they might try to rectify their wrongs. And this is all subjective to the person. You know, some people clear as day commit something that everybody considers to be wrong, but they don't necessarily see it as wrong. And we have to understand that not everybody is going to see that. And I think that a lot of the times we have to understand that we differ for a reason. We differ for a reason that is greater than us. And... Essentially, with our differences, we just have to learn to coexist and we have to learn to really just be accepting of one another, regardless if you disagree or agree with somebody. I think that we as humans want things to be our way because in our head, we have this clear-cut perception of what perfection is meant to look like. And... The problem is, is that that idea of perfection is coming from a subjective scheme. It's coming from a subjective place. 
we don't know what perfection looks like because we were never born perfect. We were never born with this intellect that makes us feel as though we know. And that's the thing that's funny about humans. And I'll talk about ego down the line, but briefly touching upon it, ego <laughs> ego is really what drives us to do things in a certain way. Ego is something that really makes us feel like we're doing what's right. Ego is the reason why people can't do right in private. They need somebody to say you did a good job because they want to fuel themselves to feel as though that they're propelled above what everybody considers scum. But what's scum really? Why do we as people look at other humans and determine them to be inadequate? And why do we always feel like there is no rehabilitation process for some of these people? Why do we give up on people so much as human beings? Why is it that people who resemble the way that I look tend to get looked down upon the most in American culture? And if we talk about the world in general, why do darker people always have this stare of inadequacy? It's questions that you have to ask yourself because in order to break a cycle, you have to acknowledge that the cycle exists. And a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that cycle exists. And essentially, when you break down existence like this, you then realize furthermore that people that look like me, we recognize that our existence is fragile. And we know that when we leave our houses and go into the world, there's no guarantee that we're going to come back safe. Even if we're just come going to do a regular mundane task. I think that a lot of people and I hate to I hate to, you know, put labels on things, but let's say lighter complexion people to be nicer. <laughs> but lighter complexion people don't necessarily have that fear. The reason why is because they've been taught that they will live this life that has these concrete steps of progression. But life isn't meant to be progressive in that manner. Life is meant to be progressive in the sense of evolution is meant to be had. We are not the end-all be-all as humanity. Humanity has gone through so many different changes over its lineage. So what makes you think that we are the end goal? As homo sapiens, what makes us believe that? genuinely asking because I really don't know but at the same time my head which is filled with this aforementioned idea of ego believes that that is exactly what it is our ego will not have us admit that there is something better after us after our lineage after our lives are over it's really interesting to think about it the reason why is because will we ever see a time where life won't be as fragile as it is now. Because I feel like 2020 um, exemplifies that the best. I think that this year has exemplified what crisis means, what turmoil means, and what fragility means. And it's funny because I referenced, will we ever see a time? We might not ever see it. And what's funny is, is that fragility over time won't end I wrote this earlier it says fragility is accentuated by time as time goes on you realize more and more that you're approaching the end 
As 20-somethings, we don't necessarily see that. But the reason why I believe that being 20 in the 2020s and moving forward is a crisis is because we are bestowed with all of this information and we are easily and readily able to access it. Being able to access this much information isn't normal. You shouldn't be able to just click a few buttons and know what's happening all the way across the world. Because the thing is, is that you can become numb to it. I feel like a lot of the times when people see these social movements, they become numb to seeing another picture of a person smiling that has gone, quote unquote, too soon. People say the same things, but I feel like we have to understand that if people are saying the same things, then there is a level of universal truth in it. I don't believe that humans understand what universal truths are to the nearest extent whatsoever. And if they do, they're not reflected at the highest levels of power right now. I don't even think humans know what true power is technically. But knowing that we don't know is an important step in moving forward. And knowing how fragile our existence is is important in moving forward. Because when we move forward in knowing that every day is not guaranteed and that it is a blessing to live to this extent. I think that you have to take your hat off and then just tip your hat to the universe, to life, to God, to any, any, um, anything that you abide by. And if you do that, then I believe that life in itself can be a lot better. And it's interesting because we are such a populated species on this planet, and this planet wasn't necessarily meant to hold this many people. And all the problems that we're seeing right now, I feel like some will be rectified, but some it's too late. And I think that you have to be able to have the humanity to realize that some of the problems that we created are too far gone and we just need to not necessarily do damage control but that's kind of what we have to do in order to assure that this longevity that we believe we deserve happens because if you think about it the earth this planet is set to last for 10 billion years I don't know who said it, but like that was the thought that I was that was implanted upon me when I was in elementary school. We're halfway th- to that almost. I believe we're like 4.6 billion years old of our 10 billion year lineage. That being said, the human life expectancy rate is so minimal in comparison to that. I believe it's near 80. And to draw it to a personal point, I remember being in high school in my sophomore year when I heard that because the internet album and I had to do a project that was recapping my life up to that point, up to that sophomore year of high school. And when I did that project, there was a life plan of or whatever that you had to do in it. It was like a binder of memories, of pictures, of anything. And I remember it was saying, where do you see yourself in these points? And... I remember 80 was there and I said, I don't want to live past 80. And when I made that decision, it made me much more aware that my life is fragile and it made me realize that I have to maximize every opportunity to interact with humans, to help the species out in as many ways as possible, to help lead people to their own truth 
and made me realize that I don't have that much time. Because as a 16-year-old, setting a deadline like that, I don't know how many people are still in school or how many people have gone through higher education or any education for that matter. But when people set deadlines for an essay or whatever, and you have to work towards that deadline, that deadline comes up pretty fast. And me being 22 years old right now, I know that that deadline of life expiring will come pretty soon. And I'm not necessarily worried about that because that's life. Life is, the circle of life is literally you start being born and then you see the height of your powers during the middle portion of your life and then you see a deterioration and then you die. That's how it is. I've always found it very beautiful how you start life not necessarily knowing the proper functions of how to clean yourself like after you go to the bathroom or whatever. And when you get older and as your physical being starts to deteriorate, you have somebody else helping you. And it's not like you don't know, but it's just life. You start at the aid or you start with the aid of somebody else and you end with the aid of another hand. That's to show you that we do not control this. And we need to stop acting like we have control over the situation because we do not. We do not know what is going to happen, which is why we need to stop having this period of complacency in thinking that, oh, we have tomorrow. We don't. We only have the present. We don't live in tomorrow. People neglect on the past all the time for what, though? Unless you're learning from it, there's nothing left there. A lot of people want to act like what they did yesterday matters today. Unless it is something of monumental concern, don't worry about it. I remember there was a lot of conversations I had in college and a lot of them were inconsequential and it made me really sad because this is how people are going to live their lives. But I can't control how people live their lives. I can only tell you the information that I've learned from having these conversations and hope that you can take this and do better. My goal in doing all this and talking to you about our fragility and talking to you about how time is an everlasting concept. My goal is for you to take this information and do better. I have younger cousins than me. I have younger not younger siblings, but I have people who I consider younger siblings who I want to do better than me. I try to set the foundation with whatever I do and I want people to be better than me. And I have no ego in telling somebody, hey, you're better than me. If the best way that I tell people that they're better than me is telling them they inspire me because they inspire me to be better. And humanity is always in this everlasting conflict of, we want our species to be better in the back of our minds. But in the moment, if someone is going to take over our spot, we don't want that. But I look at it like this. During college, I got into concert photography, live music photography, and I would be photographing a bunch of hip-hop concerts and I would be photographing a bunch of R&B shows, an occasional pop show, electronic show, festivals. I did a lot of stuff when I was in college. But I did that stuff knowing that if we were given another chance, 
or if you know everything that is wrong with the world is rectified in regards to uh virus stuff and everything i know that the next generation is going to take those connections that i built for that organization and do better i have shot four festivals and of the four festivals three of the festivals have been in the crowd I did that because I knew that when I would be writing this coverage and I would be sending this to the PR agents, they would look at that and they would say, wait, we need to give them a chance to be in the photography pit, which is where all the photographers reside. I did that because I want people to do better. I am willing to struggle if it means that the next generation is going to thrive. And a lot of people don't want to think like that because they don't want to consider a time that will be better than them without them being a part of it. And that it goes back to our ego. But at the end of the day, I live life knowing that everything that I'm doing is in the present. And everything that I'm doing is so that over time, the struggles will cease to exist. I do things as a black man of African descent in the hopes that the next black men can do better. I treat everybody with respect. I treat my black woman with respect because I want the next generation of black men to see that and I want them to do better. That's simply put. I've seen a lot of people feel that it's okay to disrespect people and they're always put through um, (laughs) online abuse um, when they defend women or when they defend their counterparts. But we have to we have to rectify that way of thinking if we're going to move forward. A lot of people operate off of this intention that they want the power that their oppressors have had for the longest time. But that power will transition over time. And what I mean by that is the power that these people have, the definition of power, It will evolve over time to mean something new. And people want to reclaim this past idea and live in the past. That's the reason why when you hear these separatist notions, it's merely to just fuel you to live in the past so that you can't see that the future is even brighter. But not only seeing that the future is brighter because we can't necessarily even see that. It's so that you can't see how well it is right now. And it's kind of hectic to say that. Or it's kind of like interesting to say how well it is. But what I mean by that is we can exist to a certain extent. But the thing is, is that we have to operate as a single unit if we want to be better in the future. And I think that that's something that we need to really think about. Why are we really here as humans just to take up space when all of this goes up to dust? Like it's not going to matter. The house that I'm recording in will no longer be down the line. The school that I graduated from might not ever go back to the way that it was after this period of time. Is that good? Is that bad? Or should we stop operating on the idea of subjectiveness? Everybody thinks that they have the answer for humanity, but no one ever really brings forth something that encompasses all of humanity. Ever. You can only speak from your perspective. Me, I'm speaking from my perspective. I speak in favor of whatever leans towards existence. 
Because the thing is existence, like I said before, it's fragile. And if we don't recognize that existence is fragile, then we will only be in the same hole forever. And I think that we have to really see that if we want to move forward. In order to move forward, you have to realize that we will never live forward. We will only live now. And moving forward is hypothetical because forward is now. The past is now. People are living their past lives now. I exemplify what my father and my mother and my sister mean. Because they came before me. A lot of people came before us. The fact that we don't recognize that a lot of people came before us and so many more people are going to come after us is hilarious. We have to recognize that this life doesn't revolve around us solely. Because if it did, the day that you die, the world would stop. The world has never stopped for anybody. The only time I saw it kind of come close was when Kobe died. But that was only the city of L.A. People were still going to work. I remember buying a burrito bowl from the cafeteria and the guy was saying, did you hear about Kobe? The world doesn't stop. The world won't stop when you die. But with that being said, you shouldn't take that as a negative thing. You should just recognize that. Humanity will always continue onward unless we end our own selves. Unless we contribute furthermore to our own demise. And right now, we are doing that at such an alarming rate. My only question is, what are you going to do about it? Because I'm living by example of what I'm doing. I don't have to tell you what I'm doing. Seriously. What are you going to do about it? The people that are younger than me, what are you going to do about it? The people that are older than me, are you going to recognize that you have been a huge proprietor in contributing to the lack of evolution just as much as you've contributed to evolution? Are you going to see that you holding on to your jobs for as long as you do and you being gatekeepers in a sense is restricting us from seeing true growth? In the arts, right? Because that's my best frame of reference. The music industry, right? All of these record labels, like the executives. Do you recognize that you hold the keys to helping so many more people than you might actually do? And that you, in turn, infringe upon the work of young black artists and take advantage of them? Yes, they make money, of course, and you help them in that sense, but... If you really cared, you would give them all their masters. The fact that you even call it masters is hilarious to begin with because you are the masters. We just got to see better, man. There's a lot. There's a lot that I can talk about in regards to all of this. But I hope that the main takeaway above all else is how fragile this existence is and how meaningless a lot of the things we are doing are. I'm not saying that they have no meaning to you, but in the grand scheme of humanity, they're going to be meaningless. And with that being said, I'm not telling you how to live. I'm not telling you how to 
operate as a result of you living something that's meaningless. I know that some of the things I'm doing are meaningless in the grand scheme. I know that me watching a TV show is meaningless in the grand scheme of humanity. Because at my funeral, I I can promise you that no one is going to say, I remember that time at 3.30 p.m. on Tuesday, June, whatever. (laughs) I remember this guy watching this TV show. That's not how we remember things as humans. We remember things based on impact. And if something is non-impactful to the grand scheme of everything, then it is meaningless. And that's why it's important to understand that as humans, everything means something and everything doesn't mean something. We live in the gray area and the gray area has equal amounts of ideologies being thrown at you. And it's important that you take what you feel is your truth and you act upon it. Honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm not... (laughs) I'm not horrified by racism because that's the world. I'm not horrified at the idea that someone hates me that will never meet me because that person doesn't know me. But I'm not horrified at that. I'm only horrified when I see that same person making deliberate actions towards stopping progression and evolution for people that look like me. That's when I have a problem. I don't have a problem with you hating me because of my skin color. Truth be told, I'd rather you tell me that. I'll be a little shocked because, truth be told, that takes effort. Hate takes effort. Everything in life takes effort. But that's life. Sometimes you ask yourself, why are things the way they are? And you don't know the reason why. And you're not necessarily... Meant to know all the reasons why. You're just meant to take the information and act upon it and try to make things better. The people that get that are the people that are actively instilling change into lives. Even if it's local communities, even if it's your household, change is apparent because you can change the life of somebody who will change even more lives than you. That's what I see. But we all need to see, regardless of what we believe, regardless of what we are working towards, we all need to see that this life is fragile. Time is fragile. Time will not be gotten back. The time that I've taken recording this will never be brought back. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay with that, truthfully, as long as it's helping somebody. My goal is to help people. And I hope that this helps you. Genuinely. Thank you for listening to the present turmoil. The first section about fragility and time. And I hope you continue to listen onward. And I appreciate your time today because that is, like I said, (laughs) non-refundable. So um, even if you don't necessarily pay me, in the form of dollars or whatever currency that we have deemed worthful, if that even is a word. (laughs) Um, I appreciate your time today, and I hope that you can take this and apply it and use it in a positive manner and make positive change.
and I will catch you on the next one. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>